Just bring them down a bit more, yeah. Just then I can see. And then I can see your faces too. Well, happy, happy Father's Day every, all the, to all the fathers in the house. And um, thank you for taking your role seriously. It's really important in the, this day and age. And it means a lot to God. And also I want to wish our Heavenly Father, Happy Father's Day, God. <laughs> He's the ultimate father, isn't he? You know, the Bible says, in him we live and we move and we have our being. And that's so, and actually it's in the past, in him we lived and we moved and we had our being. And so we did, we lived and moved in him. Uh, and before you were ever born, you were in God. You were actually inside of God. You were just this little light, little thing of light within God. And um, so, and we've been in God for eternity. We've been in there and it talks about in the, in the Bible about within God are the stones of fire and the river of life flows from within him. So, I mean, if you looked inside God, you're not going to see, see um, ribs and you're not going to see a, a heart. Or if God does have a heart, but, you know, you're not going to see um, intestines and all that sort of thing. There is eternity within God. If, you, if you're able to look inside God, and God can be as large as he wants and as small as he wants. He's God. He's amazing. He's absolutely amazing. But from him flows, that flows the river of life. And at the point of conception, your little spirit, Holy Spirit will take your little spirit, or took your little spirit, and he, he brings it to earth. And at the point of conception, that little spirit is knitted to that little bit of flesh. Isn't that amazing? So from that moment, and you know they have proved, the scientists have seen, at the point of conception, there's a little, like a little flash of light. And that's what it is. It's, your, it's the spirit, the little spirit being, being knitted into that little bit of flesh. So, so it's, it's so awesome to think we really were inside of God. He really is our heavenly father. He totally is. And if it wasn't for God, there wouldn't be fathers on the earth. Isn't that right? So I'm glad that God put fathers on this earth. But God is the ultimate perfect father. And he's not just a God of love. <clears throat> he is love. God is love. Isn't that awesome? He is love. And he's not the one who comes to kill, to steal or destroy. You know, people blame God, oh, God did that. God does not bring destruction. There will come in the end of time when um, that God will end this thing. He will end all the wickedness and, the, and the, those who have chosen not, you know, rejected him totally. So um, he is not the one who comes to kill, to steal or destroy. He comes, brings life. He always brings hope. He always brings life. He brings joy. He brings peace. That's God. And, you know, he's the one who loved this world so much that he gave. He was willing to give his son to come here on this earth in a human form. Can you imagine? Jesus was with God. He was called the Word. He was eternal. He's eternal too. And, um, but he had to change his form, if you like, in that he took on flesh and he took that flesh back to heaven, resurrected, glorified body. But he was willing to do that to save all of mankind. 
all those who would say yes to him, that they believe in him. Yes, Jesus did die for all the sins of the world, all the sins. He's not a figment of our imagination. He's not just something people made up. He was real. He really came here. He really, and there's so much proof in the natural, yet alone in the spiritual. He really existed. He really died on that cross. He really went down into hell. He really rose again victoriously, having defeated Satan and all the darkness, having defeated them and stripped them of their power against us, if we will stand in our authority. So, anyway, it says <clears throat> in 2 Corinthians 6.18, I shall be a father to you, this is God speaking, and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. So we are alive to God. When we were born, we were alive to God. And that is why all children and babies go to heaven, because they are alive to God. And I said this morning to the people, I said, there, is no, there are no children in hell. There are absolutely no babies or children in hell. No way. They're all in heaven. Every single one is in heaven. Every little baby miscarried or aborted, every one is in heaven. Isn't that great? That's so cool. So, <clears throat> but the Bible talks about an age of accountability. It's like there comes a time when we have to choose who we're going to serve, who we want in our lives. And that's, that's a time when you, we need to receive Christ into our hearts because he's the one who died for our sin. And so <clears throat> we need to be alive to God. We are alive to God when we say yes to Jesus Christ, when we ask him to take over our lives. Absolutely. Okay. So God wants everyone to know him as our heavenly father, our loving, <clears throat> excuse me, our loving heavenly father. He's not there ready to bang you on the head or to knock you over. Or to, he doesn't make people sick. God does not put sickness on people. It's, the, it's sin in the world that does that, and Satan will bring sickness, but God does not bring sickness. He doesn't do that. So, so we, we need to say, yes, if you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, I encourage you, do it, because it's the best life, and it, it, it seals you for eternity, that you will one day go to heaven. And heaven is not just, it is not what they depict. It is certainly not a cloud with little babies on it dropping dr grapes into your mouth. <laughs> Thank you. What if you don't like grapes? That's nonsense. Heaven is huge. It's an amazing place. It's filled with the life and light of God. It's filled with, um, every, it's, you know, you, he's got mansions for everyone who comes there, a beautiful mansion. He's got, there are, your pets are there. All your pets go to heaven. Yay! <laughs> so heaven is amazing. And you'll use your gifts in heaven. You'll use your gifts. And you'll, you know, you'll have, it's filled with joy and, and such wonderful things. It's not a miserable, miserable place to go. It's, a, it's heavenly. <laughs> it's wonderful. So I just encourage you, if you don't know Christ... No, invite him into your heart because you know you want to know God as your father. Because if you don't, one day you'll meet him as your judge at the great white throne of judgment at the end of time. So he wants, he doesn't want any to perish, he doesn't want anyone to perish. But people will because they have a free will. You've got a free will, you can say yes or you can say no. 
It's up to us. But why would you say no to somebody who, who is your creator, who is actually your heavenly father? Why would you say no to that? Anyway, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes through the Father but through me. So we have to come through Jesus Christ because he's the only one. He's the only one that could be sinless, that could pay the price for the sins of the whole world. And when we receive him, something changes on the inside. Your spirit is made alive to God. And you're filled with the life and the light of God. And we call that eternal life. So we literally become sons and daughters again. It's like we are the sons and daughters of God. We literally are the sons and daughters of Almighty God, heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. God, he loves families. He absolutely loves families. It says in Ephesians 3, 14 and 15, For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. We are named after him. It's, it says that. I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth. Isn't that amazing? Family in heaven and family on earth. And some of you would have had, you know, your, maybe your parents or your grandparents, your husband, your wife, who have already are in heaven. And they, they know about you. They pray over you. There are portals in heaven where they can look over and, and see you. And they pray for you. Isn't that amazing? And they cheer you on running this race. So family units are very dear to God, very close to his heart. Families have always been part of his plan, always. A place of refuge. Somebody didn't turn off their cell phone. Yeah. <laughs> A place of refuge, of security, of love and fun. That's what he wanted families to be. He wants it to be like that. Families are supposed to be a reflection of heaven because God himself is the perfect, loving, heavenly father. And it's for this reason that satanic forces are out to destroy the, the family unit, to tear families apart, to bring hate between husband and wife, between parents and children. And homes are hurting. And many times people do not understand why. They don't understand what battle is going on. They don't understand that there is an enemy out to kill, to steal, and destroy. But Jesus said, he said the thief doesn't come but to, for three reasons, kill, steal, destroy. Three reasons, kill, steal, destroy. But I have come, Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and that you may have it abundantly, more abundantly. Isn't that a, what a great promise? He wants all of you to enjoy abundant life. John 10, 10. So God's wonderful plan of salvation is, is, is offers hope, it offers life, freedom, love, joy, peace, all these wonderful things, not just for individuals, but it is for families because your whole family matters to God. God's plan is a family plan. And in the Old Testament, when God gave instructions, when they were building the tabernacle, he said over the, um, <clears throat> the gate, all the... The head of every family, they wanted their, he wanted their name there and the names of the family because it was really important to God. You know, it wasn't just for one person, it was for the families, the tabernacle of God. Where in those days in the Old Testament, that's a place where you could meet God. You know, he wasn't in people then because Christ hadn't come. 
So, and also when God was going to destroy Jericho, it was a very evil and corrupt city. He told, he told Joshua to go send spies into Jericho and to spy out that city. And if you know the story, Rahab, she lived in the city at that time. <clears throat> and she, she, she knew the spies were there and she knew that they were, they were coming to find those spies and to kill them. And so she, she brought them into her house and she let them down over the wall because her house was built on the wall around Jericho, the walls of Jericho. And she let them down to escape through her window and down the wall. And the spies instructed her that when the Israeli, when the Israeli um, armies arrive and attack, that she's to bring all her family, all her family members, everyone, wider family, bring them into the house and hang a scarlet cord out your window. And that scarlet cord was a representative of the redemptive blood of Jesus Christ. And so, and then if she would do that, they said that you and your whole household will be saved and unharmed. And through the act of one person, through Rahab, they were all saved. She brought them into her house and they were the only ones that were saved and left alive in that city because God cared about an entire family. So all the wonderful ties of home and family are eternal. Eternal. Every person, though, is responsible for their salvation. But God's plan is for whole families to be saved. And so, you know, no one is better than yourself to pray for your family and intercede for them. And God will do everything to chase them down and bring them into the kingdom of God. You know, if you hold on to faith, that will happen. Absolutely, that will happen. So we, as I said, we have this battle going on in the earth today where husbands and wives, they lose feelings for each other, things fall apart, there's bitterness entering into relationships, maybe there's violence in the home, unfaithfulness, children going off the rails because Satan is out to spoil God's plans and to destroy families. So you need to guard and protect your family. And the good news is, God's plan of redemption is for you and for all your family. Because his love can heal families and restore families and relationships. You know, with husbands and wives, with children and parents, <clears throat> God has a huge heart of love for you and your family. He has a huge heart of love. It says in Acts 16.31, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved both you and your household. See, there it is again, you and your household. So never give up. Never give up praying for your family. Stand on that promise. God said that you and your household will be saved. If you'll pray for them, they will. Somewhere they will get saved, be saved. So God wants to restore your home into the kind of home that would please him and the home that he can bless. He wants to see barriers of strife, and bitterness broken down and destroyed so that you can have a wonderful family relationship in life. And sometimes things happen through no fault of our own. Breakdown of marriages and relationships with, you know, was the worst thing you ever wanted. But God has an amazing ability to bring healing and restoration to broken hearts 
Isn't that so good? God is always looking to bring justice into our lives. He wants, things, he wants to bring justice. He wants to bring justice into our homes and into our lives. Where things have, haven't, you think that's not right, you know, when things you know it's not right. God will bring justice. So God showed his love for families by forming, forming families first before he ever formed the church. And he wants us to experience the same love and unity and sense of his presence that we can ex- experience in a church. He wants that in the home. You know, our home should be so filled with the light and the life of God. You shouldn't, don't allow strife between, between you and your spouse or your family. You know, there, there should be no strife. Kick it out. Don't allow it. You know, this is the, our family home <coughs> is, your, is your refuge. That's your place of refuge. Apart from church, you can't be here 24-7, can you? But your home, you should be able to walk into your home and you feel and sense the presence of God. You sense peace and joy. But you create it with your words. What are you saying? How are you talking to each other? What are you saying? You know? Are you screaming and yelling at each other? Are you screaming and yelling at the kids? Cut it out. Don't do that. We shouldn't be doing that. Bring peace into your home. Bring life. Bring joy into your home. It's very quiet. <laughs> very quiet. <coughs> very quiet in this. No, I won't start. <laughs> okay, so God wants fathers to feel the hurts of their family so they can be a strong arm for them to lean to. That's what you're designed for, men. You know, you're meant to be the strong arm of the family that your family can lean on. And God wants fathers to, give, to forgive the same way he forgives. And there's a true statement. It says, whoever captures the children captures the future. And that is why God takes it very seriously how fathers and mothers raise their children. And you need to be very aware of what's being spoken in schools. If you knew, you'd probably rip your kids out of there. Yeah, so be very careful. Talk to your kids about the truth. Tell them the truth, what is truth, not the lies that they're trying to teach children today. It's terrible. So, firstly, we have to remember every baby born into this world, their little spirits came from God, and he has entrusted his children into our hands to nurture them, to correct them, to love them, raise them up in the way that they should go. And so fatherhood is an honour. And it's a responsibility. And Satan has tried to pervert and undermine manhood for a long time now because he hates everything that God loves. And God has put an anointing on the men. There's an anointing on them. And women have an, an, an anointing too. But men have an anointing. And, they, and uh, it's, it's disgusting how they've ripped away manhood. You know, absolutely. So Satan, Satan's, uh, he's going to be in for a shock because if men of God, the men of God, you're going to rise up. Let people know. This world needs to know how a real man acts, how he speaks. You know, it's so important. Absolutely important. And so 
We have like a whole generation of fatherless children. See, when they took away marriage, now we call it, what do we call it now? Um, who? <laughs> you know, just don't worry about getting married, just, just de facto, we used to call it de facto relationship. Oh, you don't call it that anymore. You know, just people just live together. But you know, that's, there's no commitment in that. There's no commitment. You know, I, I swear by marriage. I, marriage is the best institution on, in the whole earth if you marry the right one. <laughs> Otherwise, it could be hell on earth. <laughs> but if you seek God and say, do you want me to marry this person? You, you know, it's not to say everything's going to just all be smooth and whatever, but you will work things out. But, you know, many times we don't ask God, or oh, is this the one you want me to marry? Or you don't even bother about marriage, you just, you know, move in. But there's no commitment in that. I wasn't going to talk about that, but I think it's worth mentioning, just in case, just in case you were thinking about that. <laughs> I don't think you were, but anyway. Okay, so, you know, when the father, we need fathers in the home to spend quality time with their children and with their spouse, absolutely. And if children don't have a good experience of a loving father, a, a father who is there for them, who blesses them, a father who loves them enough to discipline them fairly, not brutally when they do wrong, but to discipline them, correct them, it will be very hard to believe that God is a loving heavenly father. And it is. That's why some people struggle. They've had a horrific father. They've had ex horrific experiences. But I tell you, God is a loving heavenly father. He's the true father. And he wants the men to be, follow his example. And he's a father that some of you may never have had. No, he's, he's just a, um, wonderful. He's kind. He's generous. He's gentle. He listens to us. Even when we blab on and on, <laughs> he still listens to us. I'd be thinking, oh, this is so boring. Can you be quiet? <laughs> Shut up now. But God is so patient. He'll listen to you. You know, you can pour out your whole heart to him. You can tell him your whole life story and he'll listen. You know, if it was us, we'd be trying to sort of, oh, well, yeah, I have to go now. <laughs> but God isn't like that. He's just so loving. He's so patient. He's so good. And he listens, you know, he, he's, he says that his ears are always open to our prayers and our cries, always. And he even listens to the unrighteous. He hears their cry. How else would you get saved if he won't listen to the unrighteous? He will. He will listen to them. So God has plans for us so we can live a life that is a fulfilled life. And he has placed amazing gifts inside every one of you and every child born in this world, creative gifts, Wonderful gifts, compassionate gifts, artistic gifts, musical, inventive, inventive, business gifts, just endless, endless gifts. And God is calling men to rise up and be all he has called them to be. Be a man of God. That's what the world needs. He need, you know, the world needs to see men like you standing up for righteousness' sake. Standing up for truth. Because there's 
Very few out there in the world standing up for anything. And God needs you. He needs you, men. He really does. Absolutely. It says um, in 1 Corinthians 16, 13, Keep alert, be firm in your faith, stay brave and strong. And literally it means act as men. Not a wimp. Don't be a wimp. Stay brave and strong. Show love in everything you do. That's in the C version. Contemporary English version. <laughs> I believe. Okay. There, so there's been a spiritual war going on for decades to undermine men. Even women. But especially the men. They, they started on the men. And, uh, and there's such a lack of good role male role models around. But you are the ones that can be those good role models. You know, the young boys need it. They need to see a role, a good male role model. And daughters growing up without knowing a man, how a man should treat her. Because, you know, they need to see how you would treat one another. Or you watch how they treat. How does he treat my mum? And if, you said, if it's bad, that gives you a bad impression of men, doesn't it? If you haven't got a, a good father like that. But it, Jesus is a wonderful example of what it is to be a man of God as he revealed the goodness of God when he was on this earth. You know, he, people just loved him. They did. Because it said they were always thronging him. There was something about him they loved. He was speaking truth to them. And he, they wouldn't go... The fishermen, tell me this, you know, the fishermen, they were big and rough in those days. Probably still are. <laughs> but um, he called them and they just came to him. Now, if he was just sort of wimpish and whatever, they would say, forget it. But there was something about Jesus. He was powerful. He was strong. He really was. He, but he had this compassion and this love for people. You know, in those days, women got it, they weren't treated well at all, really. But he, he really looked out for the women. There were many, it says many women followed him. You know, and they would, they would want to take care of him because they loved him. Because he was, he was just so loving, he was kind, he was strong. He was all these things that they were looking for. I'm not saying they were looking for in the wrong way. <laughs> not at all. He would never indicate anything like that. But he was just, he was something, there was something about him, a strength in him that the world need, needs. And they saw it in Jesus. Children loved him. So much so that the disciples were saying, can you just get, you know, Jesus, you know, get these kids away. But, you know, I know, I, can, I know, I can see Jesus sitting down with them on the grass. They're all climbing all over him. And he loved it. He loves children. He, he really did. And Jesus was he's such a, a wonderful example. People, you know, they say, oh, it's, you know, weak people need Jesus. No, sensible, good people need Jesus. We all need Jesus. If you want to go to heaven, you need Jesus. You've got to get him in your heart. So, but he will just change your heart. That's the wonderful thing. Christ in us, he's our hope of glory. And he's the one that can change us. He changes how we think. You know, he fills us with his love. That was the one thing I noticed. When I got born again, it was just, well, just an ability to love people. In a diff and I thought I was loving, but 
when I got, when Jesus came into my life, I, the love was different. You know, that I, it just, it was amazing. Anyway, so Jesus was afraid of nothing or no one. He wasn't at, at all afraid of anyone. He knew who he was. And men, you need to know who you are. You're a man of God. You're a son of the most high God. You, that's who you are. You need to know who you are. And women, you need to know who you are. You're a daughter of the Most High God. Amen? So, you know, he was passionate about his house, the house of God. And, you, and uh, remember in the temple when they, he came in, he could come in, came in the stone and he was watching them. And he was noticing, in those days you had to have sacrifices for the sins, so that your sins would be forgiven. And uh, because Jesus hadn't yet been the Lamb of God who was sacrificed for the sins of the world. And so he was looking at them, and he's, he was looking at all these big, fat, rich people, taking all their money. They had these defective animals. They're meant to be perfect animals if you're going to sacrifice, because Jesus was the perfect Lamb of God. And he looked along at these people in their big money chambers and um, you know, the tables, heaps of money there and these animals, and they were selling defective birds and defective animals for exorbitant prices. So he had a look around and he went off and then next day he came back and he, he made a whip, had a whip there, was just sitting there making his whip, watching them. And anyway, I just love it. I love to see this one. We'll see this, you know, God will show us in heaven one day. We'll have a movie of what he did. And he walks up to these people and he starts heaving over these massive tables, and the money was scattering everywhere, animals were rushing everywhere, and he, and he got the whip, and he whipped them out of the temple. He said, my house is, you know, is, you, is a, the house of prayer, for the a house of prayer, and you have made it a den of thieves. He was no wimp. He was no wimp. It would be like somebody coming in here if we were not who we are. <laughs> you know, and, and seating chairs flying. Imagine that. It's amazing. I mean, that's just remarkable. They just came in there, sent them all packing. No wonder the religious people hated him because he just he didn't like what they were up to. He says, you've, caught, you've made this a den of thieves. But Jesus always would have compassion on the sick and the tormented, always. He loved people, but he had no time for the religious. Another of I. <laughs> And he showed no mercy on them either because they were supposed to be the, the men of God and they were not at all. But Jesus was such an amazing example of manhood, of, of true manhood. So men, know who you are created to be. You are mighty men of valour. You are courageous, strong and faith-filled. The world needs you. You are God's champions. Don't be afraid to be strong. Don't be afraid to speak out. Don't be afraid to be masculine. It's quite all right. Amen? Yes. <laughs> Don't be afraid to be gentle and kind either. Jesus was all of these things. So I'd like to congratulate all of you who are fathers in this house. And, uh, and, you, and you, you, know, you love your wives and you, you, as Christ loves the church. I congratulate you for those who do your best to model what it is to be a good father, loving your children, spending time with them, training them in the way that they should go, 
bringing correction where correction is needed, not harshly, but showing them what it is to be a godly man, a man who loves God, a man who loves his family. So there we are. So happy Father's Day to all of you fathers. And uh, I hope you're going to have a wonderful day today. Father, we just thank you. I thank you for everyone here. I thank you, Lord, that you created families for a purpose. I pray that the men in this house and throughout the nations, Father God, would rise up and recognise who they are, who you have made them to be. Father God, that, that families will be restored. There will be great restoration in families, Father God. Amazing restorations and healings and deliverances and freedom, Father. And I pray for this nation, Lord, that the men of this nation would rise up, Father God, that we could be a beacon of light to the nations. Why not? Why not, Father? You did say there would come a sound from this nation that will be heard on the other side of the, the earth. And I'm just praying that even right now that you're moving mightily in this nation, that you're giving courage to men, Father God, that you're building strong men where the devil has tried to destroy their, who they are and destroy them in every way, Father God. I just pray that all the strongholds and the plots and schemes and the assignments of the enemy are just smashed to smithereens and that the men of our nation will be set free to be who, to be who God has called them to be. Father, I just pray for a mighty move of the Spirit of God, not only in this house, but throughout this nation, Father, and that your glory will rest upon this house and upon our nation. The glory of God will rest upon your people, rest upon your fathers, the fathers in this church and the men in this church, that the glory of God will be seen, Father God. And we thank you for it, Father, that once again, that we will see restoration of your plans for this earth. Lord, before the final day of this earth, Father, before the rapture, we're going to see an amazing, amazing, amazing things happen. So we thank you, we bless you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, we've got communion. Okay, we're having communion. So we're going to have that now. And this is great. You know, when you have, <clears throat> this is a covenant. This is taking, this is all about covenant with God. The body, the bread represents the body of Jesus broken for us. The blood represents the blood of the covenant that ratifies and settles our covenant with Almighty God. And it brings healing. You know, when, see, um, Paul says, do, do this. Don't, don't do this in a slack way. This is holy. This is holy. This represents the body and the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. And this will bring healing this will bring healing to your family. If you need healing in your family, take the bread, take the cup, say, Father, I'm a covenant uh, child of the living God, and I pray for healing for my family and restoration. And if you need physical healing, then also you can claim it for your physical healing, freedom in your soul. Take it seriously. These, we just ask, Lord, that you would bless these emblems, the bread representing your body, the blood, the juice is the blood of Jesus Christ. And Father, that we will do this in an honourable way. We will honour your son's sacrifice this morning. We honour you, Lord. We honour Jesus, what you have done, your body broken for us and the blood shed for us. And that there will be healing in this, in this family, no strife, uh, no strife, and there'll be healing in their families, but healing in us as a church family, 
and that we will honour you and be respectful as we do this today, Father, because we remember the huge price that your son made for us. Massive, Father. Such a massive sacrifice. We thank you, Jesus. Amen. So just come forward and take that and take it in your own time. Take it back and just talk to God about things.